divine instruction given in this psalm is how we as God's people must rightly respond. 34 through 40, we come to the closing section of Psalm 37, which teaches us to take the long view as it concerns both the prosperity of the wicked and the suffering of the righteous. But how do we do this? Well, there are three ways. First, we are commanded to wait for the Lord. Look at verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep His way, and He will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. How do we wait for the Lord according to what Psalm 37 teaches us here? Well, first of all, we wait with expectant hope. We wait with expectant hope, looking patiently to the Lord and believing His promises, trusting His provision. Secondly, we wait with obedience. We wait with obedience. Notice David says, wait for the Lord and keep His way. Keep His way. So we persevere not only in hope, but we persevere in submission to God's will, which is revealed in His Word. Third, we wait with certainty. We wait with certainty. That is, in the Lord's appointed time, the Scripture tells us in Psalm 37, we will inherit the earth as we see the wicked cut off. Notice David says, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. You go back up in verse 11 of Psalm 37. But the meek shall inherit the land. And this promise is repeated in the New Testament because this is an eschatological promise. It's looking way, way ahead into the future. It's looking to when Christ returns and ushers in the new heavens and the new earth. We will, as the people of God, we will indeed inherit the land. We will inherit the earth. But at the same time, we are told in verse 34, you will look on when the wicked are cut off. And our hope that the wicked will indeed suffer judgment and pass from the scene permanently is what we see already in present time. Look at what David says in verses 35 and 36. He says, I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. So then, David, speaking of personal experience, David speaking as an eyewitness, accounting that he has seen the wicked leave, depart, in the most permanent sense, from this earth. That in itself, David is saying, and David is instructing the people of God, there is a future coming when this will occur for all all of the wicked will be cut off in the most permanent sense. Secondly, how do we take this long view? 
Well, we're taught in verses 37 and 38 that despite what God's people suffer now, they have a certain future of peace and prosperity that is eternal, which the wicked will never know. Look at verses 37 and 38. David writes and says, Mark the blameless and behold the upright. For there is a future for the man of peace, but transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. When David writes here in verse 37, for there is a future for the man of peace. What is implied there in the context of Psalm 37 is that while the, while the believer, while the child of God may be struggling internally with the sin of anxiety and fretting and even envy over the prosperity he sees in the present that the wicked are enjoying, David here in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is comforting the believer to say look you have a future a future that is coming that you may not enjoy the prosperity that you see the wicked enjoy now in this life at this time but of course their prosperity their prosperity is not permanent it's very temporary it's very transient it's here today it's gone tomorrow it vanishes but the prosperity that you will enjoy, child of God, is that which is of an eternal nature, that which you can't even imagine in this life. What did Jesus say regarding the wicked? That what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and in the end lose his own soul? Oh, yeah. Gain and grab all you can in this life, but guess what? You won't take a bit of it with you when you leave. There are no, no U-Haul trailers attached to a hearse. You know, when, they, when they've discovered in all those archaeological finds in Egypt, all of those burials, the tombs of the pharaohs, it's amazing. All the treasures were still there. The pharaohs did not take a bit of it with them. Of course not. It's temporary. It's transient. No, we, frankly, as the people of God, hey, we, we, don't, want to gain, we don't want to gain all the world. We don't want to go after and gain what, what the wicked are now enjoying, their prosperity. We don't want any of that. No. We want what the Lord is going to give, what the Lord is preparing for us, which is of eternal weight and value. And so the instruction of the scriptures here is, notice the contrast. There is a future for the man of peace, but transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. And so we need to have that long view. We need to have that long view as God's people. Lastly, thirdly, 
How do we have the long view in the face of the prosperity of the wicked and will the righteous suffer? In the face of everything God's people suffer at the hands of the wicked, yet God will deliver them because, what does the scripture tell us here in Psalm 37? He, the Lord, is their stronghold in the time of trouble. Look what David says and what deeply encouraging words these are. Verses 39 and 40. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. The wicked have no such hope. No such hope, but the people of God always do because we take our refuge in the Lord. Our hope is in Him. He is our stronghold in the time of trouble, and He has promised us what? He will deliver. He will rescue in the most ultimate sense. Indeed, He will. You think of what the Apostle Paul wrote in his very last written letter in the New Testament canon, 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is reflecting on a time where he was brought before a Roman court. Verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So... I was rescued from the lion's mouth. So in that one moment in Paul's personal time in history, he's saying, the Lord rescued me. But then he goes on in verse 18. Now he's got the long view working here. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Those words there in verse 18 of 2 Timothy chapter 4 are simply echoing what we read at the end of Psalm 37. Again, in the face of everything God's people suffer at the hands of the wicked, yet God will deliver them. Because he, the Lord, is their stronghold in the time of trouble. That hope is not for some of God's people. That hope is for all of God's people. For all of God's people in all circumstances, at all times, anywhere in this world. Let's pray.
our gracious and holy Father. We thank you, Lord, for these very comforting words of truth. Words that remind us of the eternal glory that is awaiting us of the eternal glory that you have prepared for us, the inheritance that we have received in Jesus Christ that is reserved for us in the heavens, that will not fade away. And we pray, Lord, that in obedience to what we have read in these last few moments from Psalm 37, may we take heed to the divine instruction you have given us to take that very long view that we have a certain future of grace, of glory, of peace, of prosperity that is coming when the Lord Jesus returns. And therefore, what we face now, Father, as your word shows us and encourages us to see, what we suffer now, even at the hands of wicked men who hate you and hate your people. Father, we thank you for reminding us that this is not the end for us. This is simply a passage that we pass through under your divine providence. The suffering is only temporary. It will not last. And as your word reminds us, it is only preparing us for a greater glory that is soon to be realized in Jesus Christ. And so we pray earnestly, Father, for the grace to wait upon you, to wait with that expectant hope, but not only to wait with such hope, but to also continue to persevere in obedience to your word, to remain faithful to you and to stay the course that you have set before us by the light of your word, by the path, the path of trust and obedience that you have set before us in your scriptures each and every day. Let us not be distracted, Lord, by what the wicked of this world are doing. Let us not dare be tempted to envy their prosperity, which we know is vanishing away. It is a mere breath. Instead, Father, we pray in earnest that you would draw out the whole of our affections to be fixed upon Christ our Lord to be looking ahead to the blessed hope of his return for that is what is before us and we thank you O oh God for this and we thank you for the assurance of your word that teaches us and assures us of these
precious things. For the sake and the honor of our Lord Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.